This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup, just like a front three of Reese, Keane and Frockyar, right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're up and at them, having got back from Norwich at 4am on Sunday morning. Now that really is dedication. Are you still tired now? Um, not really, no. Perfectly fine. It's been um, it's been more than 24 hours. Time to recover. But um, yeah, I'm well, uh, really well. Indeed, it was a long old trip back, a rather annoying trip back. But um, we were fuelled by a terrific away point, which warmed everybody up on that cold and blustery, wintry platform in Peterborough. But yeah, all in all, good to be here. Perfectly fine after being delayed and delayed and delayed on route back from Norwich. But um, yeah, you can't grumble too much, can you? Knife in the mm-hmm. league, points at Norwich. Oh no. I reckon we agree 95% of the time, but I might not be as positive about this as you. you you're all for this. You absolutely loved it. You were... Oh. Yeah, I mean, this was just... if You'd have 23 of those a season if you could have your way, wouldn't you? But I suspect your, uh, the drink may have made that a bit more entertaining than it actually was. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I wasn't particularly entertained one iota. More aroused. Aroused <laughs> and appreciative and just... I was thinking, if you're there with all your mates and you're like, then I can, I can see why it would be enjoyable. But I can also see why a lot of people are there like, good heavens, that was dull. Possibly. I don't think there were too many in the away end who thought that. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What it, what was it like actually in there? Because you, you don't know who's there on Twitter, do you? If you just watched it on telly, and obviously yeah. you would be pretty bored. But Yeah, without that, if you'd watched that in the comfort of your own home, on I follow one, one of these sort of sticks that people use nowadays, and you might be a touch disgruntled by the performance, and especially when Ryan Lowe comes out after the game with the comments that he did and basically implied that you know, North End had no real intention of getting anything in terms of a win out of the game, uh, or, or were reluctant to try to win the match. But to me, it was precisely what was needed, really. There was a lot of doom and gloom around the place. North End couldn't keep the back door shut. 
North End couldn't get a point on the board. They were really struggling in that horror week where they lost to Millwall, Middlesbrough. And then, perhaps worst of all, the QPR game at home, which was a soulless and, you know, terrible evening. This was precisely what North End needed, in my view. Um, you know, they needed to keep the back door shut. They spoke a lot about going back to basics in the post-match chat. You know, I, to me, you go to Norwich, long old way, a packed house. Norwich is never an easy place to go. I know they're not quite the the uh, sort of force that they have been in the last sort of 10 years at this level. But they're no mugs by any stretch of the imagination. They've got a lot of good players. And North End really contained them to not a great deal. They ought to have scored later on in the game. Well, I've still no idea how he contrived to no, no. a chance wide. Who was it? Who was it who missed that? Sorry. It was Shane Duffy and he couldn't do he couldn't do much more. He's absolutely no. connected with it like a train. And Brown yeah. is just there fitting his brown. He somehow diverts it round the post. I'm talking about a slightly different chance. I can't oh, talk about Gibbs. the one that Yeah. He just drops him on the penalty spot and, and it looks like he's got the whole whole net to aim at and he and he puts it wide. But yeah, Herculean block from Brown on the line as well. But other than that, and I know they're two They should have scored, yeah. yeah. Score. yeah. They didn't really do a great deal. They huffed and puffed quite a lot, but they didn't really have, other than those golden opportunities, they didn't really create a great deal. <laughs> no, they had some good chances, it's worth noting. Like, this wasn't like complete, you know, you camped in your own half for 90 minutes. North End had some opportunities, especially Whiteman and Watmore at the death, where, you know, if one of those goes in and then all of a sudden it really is a Christmas cracker to take home. They really would have been chanting jingle bells, jingle bells. And instead of chanting how much fun it is to see North End roar away, they'd have been singing how much fun it is to see Preston win away. But yeah, it was a scrappy encounter. Neither team really, on the basis of the game, deserved to take all three points. And it was just a back-to-basics. A bit of a throwback to bygone years, really. Like under that Grayson, where you're just turning up at these places wanting to stink the gaff out. <laughs> that is the phrase, isn't it? Stink the place out. Yeah. Did it mightily effectively. Like Norwich supporters going home will be thinking, I never want to see Preston North End ever again. Like they rock up to Carroll time and time again and just stink the gaff out, really. Uh, and they tend to take something home, albeit we have been drubbed there a few times. But yeah, reading Twitter after the game, albeit after a few drinks uh, and drunk off a nil nil, it, it didn't quite match the away end, yeah. The away end, in my view, I might be. Misreading this, but was quite appreciative. Stood behind after the game and applauded everybody, and even chanting "Rain low, rain low, rain low," which, which after the week he'd had in terms of the pressure he was supposedly under from the doommongers on Twitter, perhaps the reality is slightly different. You were, uh, you lot were front and center of the fan galleries, weren't you? It was absolutely everywhere. For, to be honest, for. A- for a while, I was wondering whether you were actually there because you were the only body not on any of the pictures, but then you did pop up one, three or four. It must have yeah. been you lot making all the noise then, really. Well, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. There was obviously quite a few supporters above us. We like to make a beeline towards the <laughs> bottom of the stand, <laughs> um, which is where we like to congregate. But Snapper Ian, who takes the, uh, who takes the pictures for the fan gallery, tends to have this magnet towards James Walsh, who made his appearance on the From the Eldon podcast um, after the game at the weekend, if you've noticed. And it all stems from one fateful night in Bournemouth where James ended up on the field of play and he he, he took out Snapper Ian, I'm led to believe. He, uh, it, he went colliding into 
Ian Robinson, the North End photographer. Uh, and for quite a long time, Ian was um, was trying to track James down because he owed him a new pair of jeans, which got ripped in the altercation on the field of play at Dean Court. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so, so literally, ever since Snapper Ian has snapped James Walsh at these away games, <laughs> uh, which, is, which has been hilarious for me. So he just uh, ripped the jeans again. off, or what? Well, I, I'm not entirely sure. I'm led to believe that James sorted something with Ian and. What was he doing on the pitch at Bournemouth? You can't imagine how that'd ever happen. I mean, that is one of the most ridiculous things that anybody could ever do. Why on earth would you want to do that? Albeit, I think they were top of the league at the time and unbeaten at home on November the 3rd, 2021. Mm-hmm. So you could, you could see how you might end up there. But, well, I, I mean, you can understand the emotion. You know, you'd probably lose yourself in that emotion. But why anybody would contrive to run the field of play is beyond me completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carrow Road is usually like this absolute arena of football. Everyone's in yellow shirts. It's it's noisy. And I guess maybe the frustration at the point and the manner of it is that it wasn't that and Norwich didn't look that good. So it's just how defensive we were. It was so, so defensive on it, how deep we were. Hughes at left wing back. Even when like Holmes came on, there was a chance late on for him to break. And he didn't. He just passed it back to Hughes in his own half. I mean... It was literally like Ryan Lowe would put a gun to everyone's heads before the game and said, do not lose this, whatever you do, which, you know, fair enough. But that's a little bit big change from a manager who wasn't bothered about clean sheets a few weeks ago, isn't it? And just felt, he must have just felt the need that we need a result. We can't, we can't get beat again. Yeah, the context is important, isn't it? I mean, North End had that horror week. Maybe if North End had got like a decent return out of the previous week, then we wouldn't have gone to Norwich with backs against the wall uh, and just gone for a point. And they're not getting away. You know, this was a really defensive display. But, you know, it's not the, the first time that North End teams have gone to Norwich with that negative mindset. And, yeah, you're right in what you said. It wasn't quite the cauldron. I'm not sure it is a cauldron, really, Norwich, but it's... It's not in, yeah, it's not hostile and intense, is it, boys? It's, it's not hostile, yeah. Passionate. It's normally this, yeah, a passionate and like quite jovial atmosphere, really. Because right? Norwich usually a very good side, aren't we, in terms of quality yeah. and, yeah. yeah. We play some good stuff. Uh, it's quite evident that this wasn't the same Norwich that we've come to expect. Yeah, uh, and maybe, and maybe that was sort of reflected in the atmosphere. Uh, it was still relatively loud early on. Maybe they came to terms with the fact that North End were here to stink the gaff out and, and to really make them have a very turgid ninety minutes, which you can expect. It can be quite quite a horrible watch for Norwich supporters. I mean, you just mentioned that it was a tough watch for you, sporting North End. Never mind Norwich. You expected to rock up really against Preston, who were in this tough run of form. They've just beaten Bristol the week prior in the last minute, and you'd be expecting to beat us, really. But um, maybe it became apparent earlier that North End will grind you down and we shall not be moved. And that's ultimately what happened, really. Back to the travel. What? When did you learn, When was the first delay and how many delays were there? And what did you, what did well, you end up doing? Well, we were delayed about half an hour in Norwich and the alarm bells really ought to have started to ring then. Yeah, because one delay yeah. knocks on. So, but we managed to get to Peterborough um, and we'd missed our train out of Peterborough because of that prior delay anyway. But as it turned out, that train hadn't left King's Cross in London anyway. So we kept, so we were like kept, kept on the platform, but it kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. Like they never 
cancel the train until really late on. So I suppose you're just kicking on, aren't you? You're drinking and drinking. You know, there's a waitrose just next to the train station. Oh, you can replenish yourselves with alcohol. We uh, we were on the Tiki Rum out of Norwich, but they didn't have Tiki Rum in Waitrose in Peterborough. So we had to get just the normal Captain Morgan's, which isn't quite as good as the Tiki Tackle, but um, it is what it is. We just kept ploughing into the rum, really. I mean... Ploughing into rum. We managed to get to Leeds for about... Not straight. About... No, no, no. With lemonade, personally, which isn't which isn't my my normal mo, my normal modus operandi. Uh, <laughs> I normally drink it with diet coke, but uh, I went for lemonade. I, I feel like it goes better with ticky lemonade. And I suppose when you've been on the lemonade already, you can't you can't really desert it and then go to diet coke. So I just stopped. well, that would be insane. That would be mental, wouldn't it? Literally. Have you had the um, pineapple, Captain Morgan's? Yeah, that's that ticky stuff in it. Is that what it is? All right, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice, isn't it? It's a good drop. Mm. I always like these sort of away trips when they run smoothly, then. It's like you're getting on a train and you're on there for a real prolonged period of time. Like, yes. you can just You can just get stuck into a decent bottle of rum. You know, <laughs> you just let the good times roll after that. As it happened, we had to get stuck into multiple bottles of rum, which which is why I could have easily died yesterday. I felt like I didn't know where my next breath was coming from for large parts of yesterday. Uh, especially when I woke up, I, I felt like I'd been hit by the train that wasn't moving for hours. And then I wasn't too bad. And then I had a roast later on in the later on in the day at like tea time. And then I was just back in that horrible hole once more. But yeah, all in all, just one of those good days, isn't it? We got to Leeds for about two o'clock in the morning, uh, and then we. Got are you just embracing back. it at that point, or are you in a foul mood? No, no I'm not in a foul mood whatsoever. Like. And ultimately, there's not a great deal you can do anyway. I mean, you're not going to start walking down the track to remove the tree that's blocking the track. <laughs> you may as well just let the good times roll. We arrived in Peterborough, and like the platform was more or less deserted. There was nobody there. And then when we left, there was like a, it was like a carnival going on at Peterborough um, train station. Hordes of people in the same boat. There's not a great deal you can do. All you can do is just let the good times roll, and that's what we did. Did you receive an offer from Peter Ridsdale? To pay for your taxi home. Well, my brother's on talking terms with the Riddler. He's one of these who's taken advantage of um, of to the fact that the Riddler's mobile number is readily available, um, <laughs> and he, he he tends to peck and peck and peck. So um, I think he texted him and said, uh, "Look, we're stranded in Peterborough. Is there anything you can do?" And I was expecting this sort of helicopter to rise and land on the platform at Peterborough to get all the press and all fence supporters out of there. But um, he just replied and said, um, if you want to get an Uber back or a taxi back, let us know how much it costs and we'll see what we can do. Which is obviously a lovely gesture, a lovely festive gesture from Peter Isdale. Lovely of him to do so. It reminded me a little bit of um, when Graham Wesley stumped up the petrol money for those North End supporters who'd gone to watch them at um, Bury Away in the JPT, if you recall. And their own petrol station, he stumped up their petrol money, which was lovely of Graham Wesley to do so. Yeah, what a guy! All hail the Liberal. And for that, we must say thank you, Peter. I guess the value of Saturday's point goes up if you get a result on Tuesday, doesn't it? I don't think. I just thought Saturday had the feel of we've been on this dire run, pressure's building from the fans. Let's go and have a real gutsy kind of go at Norwich. Whereas Ryan Lowe's gone the other way, hasn't he? He's kind of thought, I can't lose this. And I did see people pointing out that the fourth top scorers in the league, so there's always a chance for another three or four nil. And one of those would have been, you know, if that had happened, 
you'd have been seriously like thinking, what, 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 where do you go from here? Yeah, he just eradicated the possibility of that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, because all of a sudden, if you if you go and get walloped at Norwich and the pressure's a little bit too high, and you're probably not in a job this morning, the corner flags likely been brandished all over Twitter. And the expulsion tool has also been branded to Ryan Lowe. Expulsion tool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can't, I can't blame him whatsoever. Obviously, Norwich are relatively free scoring, but it's also the free conceding, which is the caveat to that start as well. But can't blame him whatsoever for going to Norwich and sinking the place out. And like you said, if North End win at Huddersfield, all of a sudden everything's rosy again. Um, mm. And it's a game that we really ought to be going and, and offering a ball showing as well. Um, like you wouldn't quite get away with the same negative anti-football stuff that you got away with at Norwich if you go to Huddersfield and do so. But maybe that's the maybe that's the reason why he did it. You know, he, and there is no more chance North End with at Huddersfield than there were to at Norwich. Um, so all of a sudden, if you win there, you know, everything's okay again and the gloom can lift and you go into Watford expectant once more as we E-I-E-I-E-I-O up the football league we go. And that was being sung after the game, which is amazing. Was it? Tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous irony from the um, the travelling faithful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, brilliant. Yeah, nine goals were in our team on Saturday. So as soon as the teams came out, I thought there's only one way this is going. I don't. I thought Miller was a strange role to ask him to do. He didn't work whatsoever, did it? Oh, he put the running in and he put the work in, but he's never really going to get hold of it because Ched was a bit deep, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was more of a workhorse, wasn't he? Miller just out there to sort of. Like which is a bit much, really. It's not really the role that he's been brought into the club to do, and, and you can imagine him being a little bit peeved off for large parts of that game on Saturday, chasing lost causes endlessly. But I suppose that's what you need to do in terms of like like when you're going through this sort of run. There's that um that great term used, weren't there? The rot stopper. Yeah. Uh, which is a great term. Rot stopper's great. Ryan's rot stopper. Yeah, nice. And I suppose you know, at the end of the day, you've got to do these things, haven't you, for the best of the cause? Yeah, look, he was non-existent in the game, really, but that wasn't anything to do with him. That was no slight on him. It was more the ta- the tactics that were deployed on the day. But yeah, such is life. Yeah, it was, it was probably like 11 players he trusts to just run and run and run and kick and, yeah, just be horrible, pretty much. Holmes, obviously, on the bench, which is a rarity. Keane didn't even get on, did he? Frock, yeah, I didn't get on. Leighton Stewart was in the stands. It's a bit of a weird one. I think someone pointed it out in the chat the other week. Maybe Stuart gets out on loan in January. He certainly wouldn't be against that because he's not playing, is he? No. And I suppose the only way that he improves is to get game time as well. And he's he's likely not going to do that here, Reese coming back. You know, there's a lot of a lot of sort of names there who will be above him in the pecking order. So like, look, we've had draggers over the years who've gone out on loan, come back and made their mark here. Hugh Gill's a good example, isn't he? Came in young and raw and went out on loan a few times and went on to have this great career where he, he got the dream move to West Ham United and now he's loving life at Rotherham. Is he? Have you spoke to him? I haven't spoke to him but no. you can imagine it's 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 Hugh Gill's gig in it really. Ball forward trying to make things happen. He's so, he is so Rotherham. Uh, no, I, no, that's doing Hugh Gill a disservice. He probably is now but he wasn't. He wasn't back then. He was a, he was a genuinely good player for us. Like He's probably not reflected as fondly as he ought to be, but he was a he was a key player in that in that. He was effective. Late Grace and, and early Neil team had a lot of good players around him, didn't he? I I always well, thought with Hugo, if you're running through on goal, I never backed him to score, which might be harsh. No, <laughs> no you're right. He was more sort of he was more was instinct, weren't he? Like I always yeah. think of the goal that he scored against um, Sunderland when Grayson returned. 
Um, and also, yes. the goal he scored against even this season. Like, that's just pure instinct. Whereas, yeah, if he had too much time to dwell and ponder, then if the cogs of Jordan had to turn for too long, he was in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, I always longed, longed to see the Teesside jive, which we didn't. Really <laughs> On the topic of speaking to former Preston players, you've been in touch with. You had a comical exchange with one of those. I don't know if you want to share it. Well, yeah, I mean. Um, Carlisle lost at Blackpool at the weekend, uh, and obviously North End have got quite a few ex-North End contingent there, including Hunt's Paul Huntington. So I texted him on route back, probably a rum-fueled message, but I said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself, Paul, after losing it <laughs> at Blackpool. Absolutely disgraceful. Little did I know that he didn't actually start the game, and he hasn't played for a while now. I know he listens to this podcast, so um, I hope I hope you're well, Paul, if you're listening. Uh, and I apologise for getting stuck in. Just make sure that you um make sure you're back for the reverse fixture and you get a better result. That's a surreal thing to picture, isn't it? Pumps listening to us too. He does because he's messaged me about it in the past. He just likes prefer... hearing you talk about food. I think. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much the nonsense, really. I don't think you choose him for the football. Why would you, Paul Huntington? Why would you listen to me talking mm. absolute rubbish? On that yeah. note, what did you get? What got you through Saturday? I've had to keep getting. I barely ate. Really, I barely ate. Really. Um, I had a pie at the ground, steak, steak pie, I think. You think it was? Because it tasted funny or you can't remember what you ordered? Well, I had a pie on Friday, so I can't remember if I'm recalling that. I'd had quite a few going into... Well, what, one was in Norwich and one wasn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the other was in Hesham. But, um, yeah, pretty sure I had a pie. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, I didn't do a great deal of eating. Um, with sort of the issues coming back and stuff, um, I had a sausage roll in a pub in um, in Norwich, which kept me going. But other than that, not a great deal of eat. Big fan of Cambridge, by the way. Yeah, it's good. Just, what did you get up to? Well, obviously, I was only there really from Friday evening and then Saturday evening, so I didn't really see much in the daytime. So it pretty much was just yeah, having a look around and yeah, it's really classic feel, isn't it? Especially the pubs. Which Big was fan. the biggest night, Friday or Saturday? Um, in terms of, we were probably out later on the Saturday. We were rough yeah. off, right? On Saturday morning, rough. Not too bad, no. Uh, yeah, I think when you get older, you just shake it off. When you're younger, you just stay in bed, don't you? But I, I like to get up nowadays, just get outside quickly. It's quite a courageous thing to do, to, you know, get up and at them. Especially Actually, like you, you, you end up there. feeling worse if you're just led, led in bed. Yeah, 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 you're not wrong, I suppose. Just that mm. initial sort of hour where you, where you could literally die. Did you notice that every pretty much pub was a Green King, or was that just the ones we went in? But like everyone was a Green King, even ones that looked nothing like it. Yeah, um, yeah. I haven't really noticed that in the past, but now you mention it, mm. it's when um, Fulham away last year, when um, when we got beat there heavily. It was midweek, weren't it? We stopped in Cambridge because my brother was working there that week when they got promoted. Yeah. Me and um, me and me dad stopped in Cambridge. And now you mention it, we were in a Green King waiting for him to finish work. They don't appear to be Green Kings, you're right, in their sort of architecture. Exactly right, yeah. Because it was the same selection of drinks in pretty much every every place, which was a good selection. But then you'd go on, you just see signs for a Green King, you know. There's a bit of a snobbery around Green Kings, isn't there? Like, oh, bloody hell. Yeah, and you'd think really that Cambridge wouldn't be the place to, no. uh, to have Green Kings. Not at all. Have you had um, Jubel Peach Lager? No. Oh, it's absolutely outstanding, yeah. Got to try that. Did you say that peaches are your favourite fruit to go in drinks? To go in drinks? Ooh. Probably up there, yeah. Probably be up there. I've never been one for lemon. Raspberry, pretty much like that. Any flavour of raspberry. 
Apple can be a bit sickly. So yeah, probably peach, peach water especially. Yeah. What about your favourite fruit to go with chocolate? Strawberry. Interesting. Then, do you mean the li- well? No, do you mean literal fruit or fruit flavour? Flavour, yeah, flavour. Oh yeah, I love a chocolate so. orange. I love a chocolate orange. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, what you meant orange melting orange. on it or? Yeah, yeah. No, mm. no, yeah, I yeah. understand that. Yeah. Um, orange clubs are, are absolutely true. Oh, orange clubs. They, just take, orange. they take you back to your packed lunch days, don't they? Orange clubs. Oh, yeah. yeah, I absolutely adore orange clubs. I reckon I could eat a full 10 packet, one after yeah. the other. I adore them. And also, I'm also, I also quite enjoy the fruit club. Yeah, they are good, and that's like a good, a good mix of fruit within the club, which is um, good. Yeah. All in all, I just love clubs. On the topic of uh, corner flags, which you mentioned before, he's gone potted by the Potters. Indeed. You just if he can't sort that out, then who can? I know there'd be nobody on the planet. You saw all the Stoke supporters seething with Alex Neil, didn't you? Wanting him out of their club, but I've got bad news for them. If he can't sort it out, nobody can. Doomed now. If they weren't doomed before Alex Neal was sat, they certainly are now. And that's with yeah. all due respect to Paul Gallagher, who I wish all the best in his caretaker role. But yeah, if the great Alex Neal can't sort them, then sheesh, they're in bother. What I would say about all that is that they, they made far too many additions in the summer. 18. It's always going to be hard to hit the ground running with that sort of... Spent money as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it doesn't make Alex Neal a bad manager overnight. Like there's some really good coaches over the years who've gone in at Stoke and not and just done nothing. Like really, really found it hard to hit the ground running and do anything. Um, and they're quite a toxic supporter base, doesn't it? But yeah. maybe now it's not the only king we're uh, flirting with the idea of bringing back. Oh we spoke in the previous so the previous edition of bringing back Billy Davis. Maybe it's time to go back to the former Scotsman. Bring <laughs> back Alex. Maybe if it is time up for low or taxi for low, as people have been tweeting of late, maybe it's time to bring back AN. What would people think about that? Let us know what you think in the comments below. <laughs> oh, you child, you big child. Yeah, he didn't get enough points, did he? But I just, I just think nobody know, he understands the game so well that like, he'll have been setting them up right. It's just not happened for whatever reason. I mean, they've had loads of injuries. Yeah, I mean, the, the game, his final game kind of summed it up. Missed the penalty and lost it in the 91st minute. Tough one. I bet oh, DJ's yeah. thinking, bloody hell. This isn't what I expected here. Well, not just Johnson, Galley, yeah. Jonathan Gould. Jonathan uh, Gould, Giro. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, they've got quite a few excellent offenders there who might be thinking now, oh, for, for heaven's sake, I'm stuck I in the just stayed with Lowy and... Yeah, yeah. I could have said with Lowy and... And, and continue to love life at Deepdale. At least there, they were guaranteed to be a well-coached group, whereas now Alex Neal's gone, it, you know, they're in a bit of bother because mm. you never know who they're going to get now at Stoke. Well, they're after Graham Potter, which has made me laugh this morning. Should Graham would just be laughing down the phone, really. Graham <laughs> Potter going from Champions League football with Chelsea to the Potters, to the poison chalice that is. I reckon they should get on the blower to Tony Mowbray. Uh, not Tony Mowbray, to Tony Pulis, because it's quite clear that he's the only man on earth who can do a decent job there. Mowbray would be a decent shout, actually. I'd see that. Straight yeah, back in. I could, yeah. Mm. Maybe even Mark Hughes, who's out of a job now. Or maybe even Dino Marmory, who's out of work now. <laughs> it really wasn't a good weekend for ex-North End coaches, was it? Dino Mamria fell by the wayside <laughs> at the Pirelli Stadium as well. Paul Simpson's been called a wanker to F off after losing at Blackpool. <laughs> yeah, Paul, Paul Simpson can't last much longer. 
I mean, come on now. Yeah, they could be in big trouble at Carlisle this season. They need big players to come into that start at 11 once more. Hunt, if you're listening, you need to get yourself back fit, pal. And Jack Armour, ex-North End, played 72 consecutive league games before being omitted for Blackpool away. And obviously, being a local lad to Preston, I can't imagine that went down too well with him. Under five, are they in the bottom? I'm assuming they're in the bottom, bottom three or four. They are twenty second. Played twenty, fifteen points, scored fifteen, shipped twenty nine. They are three points uh, away from the survival. So Huddersfield on Tuesday. Oh wait, it's always a mid. Always feels like it's midweek, but it's just a nice, nice, quick away one, isn't it? An hour up the road. Our record isn't great there, but you're always confident really going to Huddersfield. But they are unbeaten in four, beating Sunderland away through three times 1-1. So Darren's team, Darren Moore's team are no pushovers by any stretch. No, no. Um, absolutely not. I think we've won our last two there, haven't we? We won there last year with Cunny World yeah, Heist. Yeah, we won in the Cup as well, didn't we? Yeah, won in the Cup. We, we were treated to one of the great Preston North and debuts by Alvaro Fernandez that night. No pushovers, tricky game, but we can expect North End to go and play hopefully more on the front foot. And if we do get anything out of the game, as in a win really, a point would be a bit may, wouldn't it? But if we won, then all of a sudden that point at Norwich looks tremendous. And going to Saturday with sort of looking looking up again and maybe we can get behind them once more and come away from the doom and gloom. But I've got a feeling that might be here to stay unless North End come out and play like, like Brazil and win at Huddersfield. Holmes is former club, isn't it? You'd imagine he'd probably come back in. We're just lacking that spark on there on Saturday and he's provided it a lot of this season. So potentially one change. I'd expect more. Not sure exactly who though. Maybe Keane. But he's not really to be fancy Keane of late, has he? Yeah, it's the sort of game that you expect to see more creative players to come back in, like your Holmes and maybe even your Frocky or the lesser seen mats. Um maybe it's time to bring those players with sport back in, especially if you're gonna play with more freedom than they were allowed to play with at the weekend. And really I think that the team collection will set the tone because if North End supporters read like a team that was relatively similar to the team that's put out at Norwich, there'll already be that sort of question mark there, that negativity there. Whereas if North End, if Lowell picks a team that you know North End supporters can get excited by, them, um, then hopefully it'll be more of a pleasant atmosphere to be part of and all going in the right direction. But um, yeah, you'd expect to see Holmes come back in, who you'd like to think will be champing at the bit to um, perform against his ex-club, a club where he has some good times, that no doubt, but hopefully you can um, put that behind him and score. be interesting what he does at the back, because I thought Watmo had a good game, but he's only just come back. Uh, another blow there to him would be you know, a real tough one to take, so do you just manage him? Lindsay and Story feel like they're pretty much nailed on to play every game at the minute, so yeah, I yeah. can't imagine either of them getting dropped. But then Hughes, obviously, was absolutely goosed by the end of Norwich. Can't imagine he'll be a left wing back. Could it be time to bring Robbie Brady back into the team for this one? Oh, I can't believe you've mentioned the the man who shall not be named on this podcast. Um, look, it, trick one in it because what more you don't want to risk Hughes again as had has been blighted <laughs> with injuries of late. Yeah, so as well. Yeah, you can expect maybe to see Brady or even Best to come in. Sorry, yeah, Key and Best. Um, yeah, maybe do that. Key and I'd Best like down the left. Unless he's got to a back four, maybe. Ideally, Hughes will play. But um, but if he's not quite ready to do two games in a week, then maybe Brady or, or Kean Best. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too annoyed to see either of them start, to be honest. 
I'd either go back to a back four, but we'll have to see what happens. It didn't, it didn't quite work the way we, mm. we would have liked against Queen's Park Rangers. So Ryan Lowe could maybe be forgiven for not going down that route once more. Yeah, I mean, you talked about the squad a lot and people get chances. If you can't trust someone for Huddersfield away, then there's not really much point in being there. So you've just, if you are rotating, you've just got to trust people who can come in and play and perform because otherwise they're not. there's really not much point in being here. It's one of those games right. where you should be able to come and handle it. Yeah, yeah spot on. Cunningham obviously hasn't played a great deal this term, but it was it was Herculean at Huddersfield last season. I know he scored, but... The pictures were really great, wasn't it? Either. Just like real passion. Yeah, he was great as well on the night, like defensively. Yeah. He was um, he was probably our best player. But yeah, you're right. If you can't handle Huddersfield away, you might as well get out of the kitchen, so to speak. So I'll take you back to 22nd of October 2011 at the John Smiths. 2011. As I said, we've not had many brilliant days there, and the ones we have have been very recent, so it wouldn't be a challenge at all. Yeah. Was that was that the day that Ian Turner jumped over a ball and Jordan Rose latched onto it? Rose got a hat-trick, I think. Kemar Daly went close with the free kick. But I think yeah, lost. yeah, Kemar Daly came on. Yeah, you're right. We lost 4-0, was it? Or was it 4-1? It was 3-1. Or 3-1. And a real prolific strike got on the score sheet for us. 2011 for us. Christ, could be anyone, could it? Could be like Jamie Proctor or someone like that. I'll give you the nationality. Go on. He was. I actually thought he was German, but he's not. He's uh, Congolese. What a ridiculous contrasting countries. Yeah, no, I'm sure sure he he was. Like, yes, German. He played played for youth teams in Germany. But then in 2017, he started playing for Congo. It's, of course, Juvel Tosumu. It is. Yeah. yeah. I'd love a Sumu shirt. That'd be a real collector's item, wouldn't it? Juvel, I wonder if there's anyone Juvel. out there who's got a Tosumu top, and I won't mention a number because, A, I can't recall it. We made a fool of ourselves by claiming that Paul Hayes wore the number nine shirt. This is an inspiring first five names on the team sheet that day. Ian Turner, Danny Devine, Brian McLean, Clark Carlisle and Ian Ashby. Yeah, I mean, that is about as bad as it gets, isn't it, really? You'd imagine right. when the team came through, Huddersfield looked at that and thought, cracky. Especially Jordan Rhodes, who was more or less in his prime back then. Like, he scored hat-tricks week in, week out, and I can't imagine it was too too tough to do so against that North End rear guard. But um, maybe <laughs> it's worth noticing it in this sort of day and age when there's a lot of glo- uh, gloom around the place. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Fuming. Yeah. What's we going on? Maybe, that was us. Step back. Maybe, yeah. maybe back. Maybe we need to. Every time North End lose and play horribly like they did against QPR, maybe we just need to step back. Go on. Type in on Google Huddersfield three Preston one 2011 October, and just read those first five names. And maybe life will all, all all of a sudden feel slightly better. Yeah, it's a great point. It does get better after that. Adam Barton, Paul Cooch, Danny Mayer, Paul Parry and Hugh. But yeah, I mean, that's a chasing it starts to the side. It doesn't get too much better after that, does it, really? <laughs> no. I mean, no, it's it only Coots. Coots and maybe Hugh, Hugh yeah. who will get into any sort of decent North End team. Like the others wouldn't. <laughs> like that, that is a poor side. Like, yeah. I have no idea how, um, how we're expected to win that game. What does it feel under Lee Clark back then? Or Clark does it say? Gone? Doesn't say. It was around that time, wasn't it? God, he was a miserable guy, weren't he? Yeah, but he had something good going on at Hunts back then. Oh, Field have like risen, haven't they? Really? Because when we were growing up, they weren't anything of note at all. Yeah, it was Lee Clark. 
Yeah, they had that rise under Lee Clark with like roads up front where they were like genuinely quite good. And then they went up to the championship and were miserable again, but then went up somehow. Uh, and then they had like a couple of great yeah, they Wagner, weren't um, it? And they beat Jose Mourinho's Man United team. Yeah, yeah. The back just being quite grey and bland, aren't they? Yeah, they are. But I tell you what, Huddersfield supporters will reflect on that game in October 2011 with great fondness and happiness compared to us. Because absolutely, they were good times, they were yeah. good times to be a Huddersfield fan, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. You associate Rhodes with Blackman, but he was Huddersfield, wasn't he? That's where he started. He was, he was absolutely yeah, dynamite for Huds. Yeah, yeah. I always think of Rhodes at Huddersfield, really. You're a bit annoyed they've had their time because they they aren't any bigger than us, are they? They're one of those that, like, an example of it can be done. Do you remember when their ground was called the Gal Farm as well? No. The Gal Farm. I don't remember that. It's split opinion, Huddersfield's ground, doesn't it? Some people really like it and some don't. Some people really despise it because it's got that rugby... uh, It's just, yeah, it's okay, isn't it? It's all right. It's all right. It's got a great deal of um, personality to it. Like, you look at Dean, don't think that that's absolutely throbbing with personality. Whereas you wouldn't really think that about the Gal Farm slash John Smith Arena. And the Kirklees. Kind of in between... It's not a soulless bowl, but it's not a. It's certainly not a cauldron, is it? No. When they were in the prem, it was it was bouncing. To be fair. Yeah, yeah, they were like ultras, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. Up yeah. and down with flags and songs. Yeah. Um, I think the John Smith Stadium is quite a useful motif for what Huddersfield away is. Like John Smith is, with all due respect to smooth drinkers out there, quite a bland drink. I don't mind a John Smith. Don't get me wrong. But it's quite bland. You wouldn't really taste anything other than okay. And I suppose yes. that's what it's feel away from bookshelf. It's just a pint of John Smith's. What's um what's Deepdale a pint of? I reckon it's, it's a bit like an IPA. A really? vocation. Well it's got the well, it's got the it's got the Italy uh, connotation on it with Genoa. So maybe it's a Peroni. Yeah, yeah, maybe a Peroni. Would it be red or normal Peroni though, is the question. Hmm. Probably red. I think red Peroni's better. But yeah, that was really? a bit obvious. I think I think Deep Dale's quite quirky. And have you had that Capri? Capri? The bottle. I'm not sure how. The bottle, like the, it looks like a Corona. It's crap. Don't try it. To be honest, I I've not drunk lager for a long time. Guinness. Um, yeah, my staples Guinness, but I do also like like a Vocation. Like at the cricket mm-hmm. club, they got Vocation, so I just smash into that. Um, what is that? Pale ale. Yeah, it's. It's absolutely class. The slogan's hop skip juice or something like that. It's it's absolutely box office. It's it's one of them though. It's a bit like rum punch in the Caribbean. You're drinking it, it's okay, and you know it it tastes really good. It's going down an absolute treat, and then all of a sudden you get a left hook off it. Whereas you sort of flat <laughs> to the canvas after that. But yeah, good drop. Right, oh, we'll wrap up. Hopefully, a win to talk about on Wednesday morning. I would love nothing more. It would be would be wonderful, wouldn't it? And we're also planning a fan special, so if anybody's out there and really wants to come on and, and grill someone or something or get something off the chest, then just reach out because anybody's it welcome. Open forum. We'd like all sorts of different voices to come on because our voices can get quite turgid at times. Yeah. What a great final way to advertise us. Superb. <laughs> See you later. Yep. All the best, guys.
It's the 90th minute and Peony are on the TV. You're watching with all your mates and the McNugget share boxes are open for all. Your pal's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Result. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com on the McDonald's app. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.